The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Hello again, it's Oliver Callan here, sitting in for the Longfellow Mr Tuberty this week. It'd be now Spy Wednesday, which is the great, is not that great name? I think we only use it in Ireland in relation to the, uh, this part of Holy Week, when it takes a John le Carré style turn. And uh, I think it's Judas, basically carries out his betrayal, isn't he, with, for his 30 pieces of silver and so on. Anyway, we are 13 days deep into April. I hope you are as well as can be expected this morning. If you've any ska, let us know. Text is 51551 and the email is ryan at rte.ie. And well, fecka doodle do. The Derry Girls returned for the start of their third and final outing on Channel 4 last night. It was a fair rip snorter of a comeback. And of course, the big talking point around the places in the papers was the special guest cameo star. I'm not going to say who it was. I'm, I'm just holding my wish on that. Um, because there's people catching up on the playback and the all four and all that. Uh, but they won't be able to beat this for a cameo store, a star, will they? Particularly from someone from the north. I actually, when I, and I cheered when, when it happened, when the person arrived. I initially thought it was Adrian Dunbar who was doing his line of duty character. But no, it turned out to be your man. All right, it's going to be hard to avoid, but do your best. Uh, one thing that was revealed uh, was Sister Michael's f- full name, Sister George Michael. Was that done before? I think that might, I'm not sure. Uh, that had me, that had me doing the laugh snorting thing. Do you know that? Uh, anyway, I, I noticed that one of the girls was eating Southern Tato in the show and I did, I did the shouty thing as well, pointing at the, t- it's one of those shows that you kind of roar at it. That's why we have to watch it more than once. And I was wondering now, did they get Southern Tato in the North in the late 90s? I, I was one of those people. It looked like salt and vinegar. I don't think, no, they have northern tato. It's a different thing altogether. Uh, and I'd, I'd kind of forgotten how much this is my era. You know, I was leaving Cert 1999. So um, I was shouting the names of songs out as well. Anyway, it's about 95% nostalgia, which is a lovely place to dwell nowadays because, well, the past is done. So it's certain, isn't it? And the present, as we know, is always ugly. No one likes their present, no matter what era they grow up in. And the future, so we don't know what's happening. So that's just scary. No matter what era you live in, it is always scary. Now, I'm not sure what era the manager of the North's women's soccer team is currently in. Whew! But Kenny Shields, well, he needs a cold bath, doesn't he, after the comments he made following his team's defeat in the World Cup qualifiers. Last night to England, they lost 5-0. Four of the goals came in the second half. And there's been a very strong reaction around the place online and he decided to give his considered thoughts on why women might be conceding these goals. Yeah, like I'm not making this up. He's very specific. You may have heard this uh, on Morning Ireland, but it's worth hearing again because your ears probably weren't believing what you were hearing. Uh, This is the male manager of Northern Ireland's women's team. Here, giving his thoughts. We really shouldn't have. In the women's game, you'll have noticed... I'm sure you will. If you go through the patterns, when a team concedes a goal, they concede a second one within a very short period of time. Right through the whole lot, the whole spectrum of the women's game, because girls and women are more emotional than men, so they take a goal going in, 
they, they don't take that very well. Mother of all that you hold. Um, so yeah, pick your jaw off the floor there. Um, uh, the reactions online are fairly swift. Was he being a bit emotional himself? Kenny Shields there. And, um, and this is interesting because it's a couple of years ago uh, Shields himself said he was giving up post-match interviews. Why? Because, and this is a quote, I've spoken with a doctor and you get emotionally imbalanced. He's talking about himself here. Uh, it's important I don't compromise my position as the manager. He's Morton Football Club at the time. And he said, there are people out there waiting for you to drop your guard. Well, he dropped the guard. He kicked it around the place, mashed it to bits. And uh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing stuff. Interesting. This is how he ends the clip he's talking about. And that's a, that's an issue we have, not just Northern Ireland, but all the countries of that problem. I shouldn't have told you that. You really shouldn't have. You really shouldn't have, Kenny, but you did. And how long will it take for that apology to come through, I wonder? Or what will be the fallback? Anyway, it's amazing as well, because talking about emotional sports, I mean, like, how many of you out there have men in your lives who's just fans who are sitting on the sofa eating so many Pringles, whatever, they can't even hear the football match anymore. And their emotions and reaction to the results have ruined nights or holidays or weekends or whatever. It's bizarre, bizarre stuff. Um, nearly forgot to mention some of the Derry Girls' reaction online. The Embassy of Ireland, uh, that's the Irish Embassy in Britain, uh, was tweeting, we're all tuning in for the Derry Girls. Over the past two seasons, Lisa McGee's Derry Girls made us laugh and have been a poignant reminder of the importance of the Northern Ireland peace process to these islands. Yes, it does both, doesn't it? You see, comedy with a point. Uh, Jerry McBride, who's a comedian, said he's looking forward to the Derry Girls. For all the talk about the writing and the performances, the music and the characters, not enough is said about seeing something in the background that you recognise, like the recipe soup bowl, and shouting out, look, did you see the recipe soup bowl? And um, he writes for Waterford Whispers News, Jerry. And uh, I have a lovely picture here of the recipe soup bowls. They're the big kind of, they look like giant mugs and they had onion soup, potato soup and they have all the recipes on them. And I went, yes, these were in my life. And uh, a few of us kind of culties from around the place remember these. Dublin folk, not so much in the office. But the recipe bowls, I think we still have them. Much faded, I would say. Final note on the episode of Derry Girls is Anna McCurie. The Mo Molum clip alongside Ma Mary talking about it. If anyone is going to sort them out, it'll be a woman. And I think she said, ballsy wee thing. Is that how to describe Mo Molum? I referenced her earlier in the week and there she did. One of the many things I found myself pointing at the, at the telly about. Now, the newspapers are having great crack, particularly in Britain, about what? Partygate. Yes, this is Boris Johnson's party, which wasn't a party. And uh, nothing happened. There was into it. It wasn't a party at all. And he got the fixed penalty notice for his fine old time that he's having. And the details, just to remind us of pleasant times when all we had to worry us back in, in February was details of party after party. And it looked like he was going to go, wasn't he? He was, he was sweating. I was sweating over it because he's one of the best characters on Callan's Kicks. I was sweating like the Kinnahans waking up yesterday morning. Well, we hope they were. And um, the details are just fantastic to remind ourselves of. And the papers in England are having great fun. Uh, and they're, you know, basically he was saying his allies were claiming that he was ambushed with a cake on his birthday. He turned 56 in June 2020. And it's kind of gas because his insiders were all saying, well, he nearly died. So it felt weird not to mark his birthday in some way. That wasn't a party. Hardly a party. Why? Because apparently there wasn't cake 
there was, um, he was obviously all about his health again. So there was a tub of chocolate roll bites that doesn't qualify as a cake, technically not a cake. It's like they got the Attorney General to spend a day defining a, uh, what was a party and isn't. Uh, there were slightly curling sausage rolls and a snack pot of chocolate bites that were largely ignored. And there were warm cans of Estrella Lager. <laughs> they go to extreme details. And he walked in there, standing awkwardly, kind of massaging his head, going, is there a potty? Is this a potty? I, I don't know. I, I could tell you there's so many scandals uh, going on that we could practically wallpaper the Downing Street flat all over again with the scandals. I want to see uh, practically some of the scandals are now so widespread the scandals themselves were having champagne parties in the garden and the scandals, uh, little tiny scandals were, were copping off with other scandals under the table giving birth to offspring scandals out of wedlock that the original scandals are now denying parentage of and uh, refusing to pay child support for. So, so, so I, I do apologise for, for, for the thing that didn't happen but I will pay the fine. I wonder, will he get Tory donors to raise money to pay the fine for him? Because he hasn't been able to do anything in his life without getting Tory donors. Where was the holidays? The famous wallpaper. Carrie Johnson is among those fines. And Rishi Sunak, I was kind of wondering, would he resign? The Chancellor of the Exchequer, who's been having a rum time of late with his uh, green card um, in America. And uh, the, 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 the wife, daughter of the billionaire, who has many millions. I mean, it's just endless. Uh, but no one really resigns for anything anymore because we are living in important times. We've had a couple of lads who would have resigned in normal times, but because of the COVID thing and then the war thing, oh, far too important. Far, far too important. Now, great reaction already coming in on, um, of course, the thing I would mention, which would be the, the tato. Uh, Breege Curran says, wash your mouth out. Those were Nordy tato, not Southern tato. A blue packet, eye roll. I, but is the blue packet not the salt and vinegar? It looked 90s salt and vinegar blue packet. We're going to have to get tato specialists on this. Um, Nordy and Southern Tato we are divided down the country in that particular regard so I'm, I'm still holding on to it someone says the recipe bowls the soup bowls were free with £10 worth of fuel back in the day along with coffee mugs glass tankards and cutlery yeah well I've, we have endless we still have the Kellogg's uh, bike reflectors that came in in the um, inside the cereal bags Cereal boxes. Uh, well, you got free everything back in the day. £10 of fuel, sure. It would have filled up a Mini Cooper back in the day as well, or a Renault Clio, where the exhaust was welded 15 times in the 90s. I should, by the way, say, uh, when we shouldn't allow Kenny Shields' um, crass stupidity take away from the amazing result of uh, the Irish Tigers, Republic of Ireland, um, getting a draw, getting a crucial point with Sweden, ranked number two in the world in their World Cup qualifiers. Actually, in Gothenburg as well. So we did fierce well there. So um, well done on our one-all draw. Katie McCabe scoring for Ireland there. So sometimes when, when the men say stupid things in the women's game, we forget to we forget to mention the important stuff. So there you go. And you can have a party. It's official now. But if there's no cake at it, it's technically not a party. Head, looking ahead of Easter now and recycling because Repack has had a survey. They've done a survey finding 60% of respondents says that their celebrations will be different this year. 70% of families are planning to take advantage of all the restrictions going and they're going to enjoy a meal together. 58,000 tonnes of packaging waste will be made this Easter. Ooh, enough to fill the Viva Stadium three and a half times over. Good God. But pretty much everything in your Easter egg packaging can be recycled. So the cardboard boxes, the plastic moulds and the tinfoil once it's all clean, dry and loose and um, 
that's very important. Clean, dry and loose. Everything in your recycling bin should be clean. You must remember, it has to be sorted by hand in a place. Uh, and people have to literally hand sort your rubbish. And if there's if there's manky stuff, just think of those people in those jobs doing it, all right? And, and, and catch yourselves on, as you'll hear in Dairy Girls all the time. Apparently shoppers will spend €36 Euro on average on chocolate Easter eggs this year. Half of the people in the survey said they'd be buying six eggs or more. You know, that sounds to me like there is two Irelands in existence at the moment. There are people at misery's door with the cost of living and uh, switching off all the lights and lighting candles and whatnot and terrified of the next bill. And then there's just spending, because you wouldn't have inflation. Those people who are spending all those savings they made in the, in the two years of lockdown that we had. There's two different countries going on. Uh, you can barely get into a restaurant or a bar all over the country. It's not just a Dublin thing. Uh, in the regions as well, as we condescendingly refer to them as, you know, the rest of Ireland. The little bit outside of Dublin called the country. Now, the Irish Independent tells us about Ireland's long- longest zip line. Very important news if you have children. And there's a 700 metre long zip line opening this Friday, just in time for the Easter holidays, in the middle of it all. It's called River Rapid. It's part of uh, Colin Glen. It's a 200-acre forest adventure park, which is meant to be brilliant, just outside Belfast there. And I'm, a, I'm an aficionado of zip lines. I've done them in Wales. I've done them in the mines, inside the mines in Wales. Really, really scary place to do it in because you're kind of zip lining in the pitch darkness and there's like a completely dark chasm underneath. And it's just a thrill of fear without the consequence, you hope, if you do it all right. So anyway, this uh, takes off 100 feet above the ground carries you 700 metres at speeds of up to 80 kilometres an hour. It's great crack. Longest zip line in the country. Uh, in among the trees, above the trees. Very good. It's really good fun. Uh, ColinGlen.org there. Fun for all the family. All right. That was my UTV. Is your TV. Um, they're not Southern Tato. They're Free Stato, says Bill Dublin on 51551. Okay, very good. This Tato thing could go on. Uh, I'm even thinking of the northern flavours, which can be slightly nicer because they have Worcester sauce flavour and pickled onion flavour. We don't do it in the south. But southern Tato is the original and the inventors of cheese and onion. We'll give them that in the, from the 1950s. Sad news, but also, you know, in a, in a weird way, positive because Mimi Reinhardt, who was famous for, for being the person who typed up Schindler's List. She was a secretary in Oscar Schindler's office in and uh, it, during the... Occupation, of course, by Nazi Germany in Poland. She typed up the list of Jews that Oscar Schindler saved from extermination. And she has died, sadly. But she reached the age of 107. What an age. Uh, Particularly for someone who would have been clearly uh, put to death in the Holocaust. And she was saved by by Schindler. And she was obviously instrumental, having literally typed up the list. She was one of 1,200 Jews saved by Schindler after he bribed the Nazi authorities to let him keep them as uh, workers in his factories famously made into that film uh, Schindler's List which was really Schindler's Ark uh, the Kinsella novel uh, and so she was born in 1915 in Vienna amazing stuff moved to Krakow in Poland um, before the outbreak of the war and then she survived and she lived in the United States she went to Israel at the age of 92 and she has sadly died and God rest her uh, she did uh, an amazing legacy she created an amazing legacy there now something we're going to be touching later on this morning is on that uh, terrible attack on Evan Summers, who was the gay rugby player, left with a broken leg, fractured eye socket. Well, of course, uh, to make matters worse, a fake Twitter profile of him has gone out uh, trying to scam people out of money 
claiming that he's raising money for medical costs and people are donating to it because they, you know you prey uh, on 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 people's better natures. He's saying it's a fake account. Ignore that. It's a sick person tried to scam people by sending them money. So he's uh, urging people to block them and get it removed, get it deleted. Hopefully that works. And good luck to him, shall we say. Um, in stupid celebrity news, Jennifer Lopez revealed that Ben Affleck proposed to her in the bathtub. That's day three of the J-Lo Ben Affleck re-engagement. Well, it's slightly better than the other celebrity stories, which is the Beckhams. Uh, Brooklyn Beckham and um, that's the fellow who wanted to be a celebrity chef but couldn't make a bacon sandwich married a billionaire's daughter off they go and the Beckhams the only thing you need to know is David Beckham is now the face of the Qatar World Cup and we'll be hearing so much about that you know the Qatar World Cup which is happening in the middle of winter because it's too hot and the Qatar World Cup under investigation of the FBI for corruption in FIFA and so on and so forth and David Beckham decided I'll be the face of that terrible World Cup with all the people who died building the stadiums it's just grotesque. It's grotesque. Something else grotesque, the sequel nobody wanted, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, his ex-wife, who successfully um, um, beat him in the Sun case. Well, there's another libel case. And if you want to feel very unpleasant about the world, you can follow that. Johnny and Amber, two scorpions locked in a dance of death. That's the headline there in the Irish Daily Mail this morning. Uh, make you feel very unclean. But we want to feel nice and clean this morning because they're good things. Uh, women's football, women's sporting extremely well, Derry Girls flying, and your man who did the cameo, who I didn't mention. And I kind of nearly mentioned him because there was another story related, but I didn't do it. Could have been all linked. Uh, where we start this morning, I love the Fontaines DC. They're the ones. And this is a, actually a track from their last album. There's a new album coming out, Skinty Fia, brilliant name. Uh, this is from the last one. And it features an amazing video with Aidan Gillen in it. You know, Aidan Gillen, who is in all of everything and sounds the same. This one's called A Hero's Death. Good morning to you. 51551 is the text number. Ryan at rte.ie. Good morning, pilgrims. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty Life ain't always empty Don't get stuck in the past Say your favourite things at mass Tell your mother that you love her there it is, Fontaine's DC, A Hero's Death, and uh, we're texting here from Maria and Dave. Says, we saw Fontaine's DC in Antwerp this weekend. Oh, very high floating. Fantastic gig, the lads have great energy. What a band. We wish them all the best on their year-long tour. Yeah, are we still calling them up and coming? Or what stage does an up and coming become? Like, uh, that they've, 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 now they've, they've come. They're, they're there. Uh, Green Chatton there. Great name, isn't it, for a lead singer? And uh, they're just great. I think next week the new album is out. And they're doing a gig in the Ivy Gardens. Cannot get a ticket for love nor money. And uh, I've offered it all, shall we say. Uh, but there you go. Uh, we've got messages in. Uh, oh, this is one on the census out of nowhere. Good morning, Oliver. As I go about my area as an enumerator, collecting census forms, I'm finding many people have not signed their form on the inside of the last page. Can you please remind people that the census form must be signed? The form has been collected throughout the month of April, says D in Connacht. So best of luck to you. Thank you for your services, D. Sign the inside of the last page. Mine isn't collected yet, actually. I'll have a look at that. On recycling, don't talk to me about recycling, says this texture. So much for young people, like the great Greta Thunberg trying to reverse climate change. Not in my house. 
I spend my weekends fishing their leftover takeaways out of our recycling bin in the kitchen. Obviously, my lectures about clean recycling is still falling on deaf ears after years and years. What am I doing wrong? Says this Irish mammy, Moira. Well, you're not doing anything wrong. You're doing the very best that you can. Um, maybe you could take up the leftover cartons and you could leave them as little surprises for them in their rooms or could sneak them into their little bags as they're heading out for the day. And uh, that might do the lesson. Is that too harsh? But um, yeah, do what you can. Now, um, I would talk to, I mentioned Evan Summers and the attack on him. And uh, we can say the Garda Press Office is still releasing information. They're saying no arrests have been made. Investigation is still going. And they're still appealing for witnesses. That happened at about half past three in the morning, Saturday, uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, quarter to four in the morning, around that time on uh, Dublin's Dame Street, the big crossroads there, the gay spar, as they call it, around the corner from the George. So they're appealing for witnesses to come forward in relation to the assault contact Pierce Street and the Garda confidential line and that number 1800 666 111 or any Garda station will do uh, to get to the bottom of, of that and who did that. It was a very quick attack and they're still searching for the perpetrator as they are indeed for Jack Woolley and his attacker last August. The Irish Olympian I mentioned yesterday, also subject to a random attack. And when I talked about it yesterday and Ryan at RT.ie, we got emails in. And I'm going to start with this with this woman, first of all, because it's just attacks on anyone in general. We were specifically talking about homophobic attacks, but this isn't specifically one. Hi, Oliver. Over 10 years ago, when I was pregnant with my first child, I was walking across a college campus in the afternoon. A person, roughly early 20s, who was with friends, jogged slowly towards me. I thought nothing of it until I was punched once in the forehead by the male person. The others laughed and they jogged, not ran off, they just jogged on. There was no one in the immediate vicinity. I just stood there completely shocked. My first concern was for my baby. I called the guardie who couldn't have been kinder or more professional. Unfortunately, the college did not cooperate with the investigation. No one was ever prosecuted. This experience made me forever more terrified of passing groups of young men. I wish Evan a speedy recovery and hopefully the person responsible will be found and prosecuted. That person uh, left their name, uh, their name with us and their details. I'll go on. We have two more. Oliver, I've been beaten up at Christchurch in Dublin. My partner was hit on a side street off Camden Street. On Pride, in a Dublin city centre pub, my partner was hit. The excuse was he had a Pride flag. And anyway, the man was older. The management in the pub said they were too busy to deal with it on the day. A woman stopped the guardie and reported it. It was only when they started to get negative feedback online that they took it seriously. I've never stepped inside the pub ever since. The point here is there's an element of acceptability about abuse. The victim is made to have to fight, to go to the Garda station, be interviewed and no feedback at the end of the day. I'm not even sure that the abuser was ever sanctioned. I'm leaving my name blank for obvious reasons. This one came in on a text, a separate one. Nothing much has changed, Oliver, for gay people out at the George nightclub since the 70s when I first came out. I feel so sorry for Evan and his friends. The attack reminds me of the day one of my friends, Declan Flynn, was murdered in Fairview in the 1980s. The guilty culprits walked away as if because Declan was gay, his life didn't matter. And that comes in from Jerry in Artane. It's difficult. Different experiences dealing with the Gardaí there. Uh, predominantly people do get a sympathetic ear and they are investigating. And as you hear the news, I won't go into the, the details. It's a busy, busy time for the Gardaí at the moment. 
And, uh, you know, we wish you well, uh, the people who are subjected to that and the anxiety and the, the afters they get with it. I was mentioning yesterday, I was uh, often afraid, well, continue to be afraid to hold my own partner's hand uh, in public. And he actually reminded me that uh, something that just completely left my mind in lockdown. We were wandering through Dunleary um, outside for some very middle class areas of Dunleary. And it was a bunch of lads who went by and kind of made a comment, you know, they had kind of spotted us even without holding hands that we were a couple. It was like, none of that around here now, lads. Broad daylight. You know, that's for town or something was the comment. But we're, they were kind of gone by the time we sort of dawned on us and it makes you feel uneasy. And a lot of people are feeling that way at the moment. Uh, and you do try to keep your hopes up because as we were discussing with Nick Sheridan on the news, this does make the news because it is unusual still. It's unusual that you attack most people, thousands of people go out and have a grand night and aren't affected by it. And, and you do, when, when you are affected and when there is an incident, it makes the news because it's rare. Most people are generally sound. But look, we have to have the chats about it and keep going and talking about it and um, hope that just things get better a little bit, a little bit, every step, every day. 51551, that's the text. Ryan at rte.ie is the email. We'll take a wee break. And welcome back. It's Oliver Callan here in for Ryan. Um, I must mention this for the word geeks out there because in relation to Boris Johnson and his scandals, somebody very cheeky, Susie Dent, you might know from Countdown. She's the dictionary corner. Is that the thing in Countdown? She um, was not missing anything yesterday and she very cheeky. She said, the word of the day today is more worm. So it's M-A-W dash worm from the 19th century. One who insists that they have done nothing wrong despite evidence to the contrary. That's a high class level of trolling, isn't it? I like The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1. Now, some lovely messages in uh, after our chat with Connor Merriman there. It was a lovely chat in the end. You know, there's, there's sad parts to it, but um, he's a massive success and he's come through it. Hi, Oliver. I'm so sorry that people are subjected to such vile attacks. My sympathy to each and every one. Those attackers are small-minded yet dangerous, said C- D, which sums up in a, a very short sentence there. I'm surprised how many straight people do not speak out for gay people. This needs to happen and maybe these attacks will stop, says Elizabeth. Yeah, they're the allies. We need to stand up and uh, visibility is what we're talking about and you can go up and down the country for in terms of men's sports and you'll struggle to find visible gay men in the GAA in soccer in particular rugby um, you have uh, it seems to be a little bit more accepting and it's easier to come out there um, another email comes in uh, 51551 for the text uh, email ran at rt.ie many years ago I was holding my little brother's hand walking in Dublin my brother has a learning disability and when we were in the city we got shouted at so much I was just helping my brother have the best day out possible but we were seen as a couple and the hate came out um, from a few people you know, that's, it's just unbelievable. Uh, listening to Connor, I suffered for years on a slightly different matter uh, about the hair. I suffered for years with receding hair, thinning out, making me feel imperfect. My ears stick out too, which was an extra worry. But over the years, I've grown into my own looks and began to like my body. Feck the homophobes too. When questioned why they think it's okay to be homophobic, they're completely and utterly silenced as that person. Yeah, as I said, there's nothing more attractive than someone who's comfortable in their own skin, no matter what that skin is and where the hair is sticking out or not sticking out or where the ears are coming out. It's heartbreaking. This is a separate email. But things haven't changed enough. My daughter came out last year. Her amazing group of friends that she has had since primary school 
dropped off one by one. She's lucky to have a few amazing girls who have stuck by her. There's a big gap between the perceived acceptance and the reality of being gay amongst our young people. Homophobia is still alive and thriving in our schools. Well, you know what? I'm glad that um, the, the wheat was separated from the chaff there when she came out and they were, they were, they were gone and sorted out. 51551 is the text. We'll take another break. Now, welcome back. Before we go, we've time to bring you some of the uh, many, many messages that are coming in to us. Uh, Connor Merriman. By, by the way, ConorMerriman.com is his website. Well, looking up, the, he's an amazing illustrator and uh, he's a powerful advocate, shall I say. A very fine, lovely gentleman Connor is. What a lovely interview, says Anna. <laughs> that description. Fine, lovely gentleman. He should put that as one of his kind of... Um, blurbs on the website. Uh, good morning, Oliver. Wonderful to hear Connor's positive attitude and encouraging words to young people. This discussion is important. As a gay teenager in the noughties, I could have done with hearing this sort of conversation on the radio. All the best, says David. Yes, absolutely. I was fell in my 20s in the noughties. I could have done with it as well. Um, jumping back to Kenny Shields, the Northern Ireland manager, talking about um, women footballers. I am still reeling from the allegation that women are too emotional after the other teams score a goal, says this emailer. I cannot count the number of times I've seen male teams in all sports go to pieces for about 10 minutes or more after conceding a goal. Last night's game, Ireland versus Sweden, 93 minutes of focused, great play by both sides. Not one incident of a player going to ground, lying there, trying to get a free for nothing. Even when we were under pressure in the final minutes of extra time, our fantastic goalie just got on with the kicks out after the failed goal attempts by the Swedes. No dawdling around, trying to run down the clock. They could teach the men a thing or two, says Rona Kelly. Yes, you just reminded me of all the fake crying and rolling around and holding their legs and all that sort of stuff. Not to mention Gaza in the 90s crying for missing a penalty. Uh, I'm uh, the, the other mentions here on the topic of bullies. If the bully, it's the bully who has the problem. They have major insecurities. They feel better when they have power over people, says Anne. Yes, when you grow older and you look back at the bullies and how they've done afterwards, you're going, well, they had problems all along. A powerful interview with Connor. My nephew was bullied very badly in school two years ago. Uh, two years ago, it had a life changing effect on him. Well done on highlighting this issue, says Mary. It's life changing. It's difficult. But look, Mary, and to anyone who's been bullied out there, they will become the black yesterdays. Today and tomorrow become important. You will seize those days. They will become your own and you will win. That's all we've time for. Claire Byrne is next at 10 o'clock. Back tomorrow morning. Thank you all for your messages. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE radio player.